Welcome back to Yenzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. Today, Ernie talks about John Fetterman's work attire. Okay, so John Fetterman finally returned to work this week. And did you see what that guy was wearing when he got out of the back of that clown car? I mean, does this guy just not own any other clothes? Why does he always look like he just got done washing his car? I've heard of the saying, dress for the job you want, not the one you have. But what the hell does this guy want to do? Landscaping. And then they have the nerve to put the senator that dresses like he's homeless as chair of the committee on food. And the guy can't even read. What the hell are Yin's doing? This has been Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 50, Joe. We made it to 50 episodes of Thinking Logically. It's a milestone for us, Joe. Let's celebrate. It is. It's 50. Yeah. 50. 5-0. Uh, we, uh, we want to thank everyone who has been listening, subscribing, uh, literally all across the world. That's not an exaggeration or, uh, you know, embellishment, but we do have listeners in multiple countries, so... Uh, we want to thank everyone who's been listening out there across these great United States of ours. And we have a great episode planned for our bonus episode of the week, second episode of the week, bonus episode. And we have a, a lot to cover. Um, I think I jinxed us, Joe, when I said on Tuesday it was a slow news week. And as soon as we got done recording, as always, things start to pick up again. Oh, yes. And we saw John Fetterman return to the Senate. Um, some things going on at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, some new revelations from the nuclear power plant in Ukraine, uh, the Biden crime family, the walls closing in on them. So we've seen a lot happen in three days. What are we leading off with today? Okay, let's lead off with, I guess, I guess Ralph Yarl, we'll, we'll start off with that because that's something that, that was in the news, I think, last episode, but it was just breaking then. We didn't really cover it. Um, so I guess what, what is the deal? What happened here? This, this kid supposedly went on someone else's, knocked on the wrong doorbell, and, and the homeowner shot him, apparently. That's what the news is telling us. Uh, that's the narrative. So we just had that transgender and, and, and the kid hasn't died. I guess the kid is still alive. He's, he was in critical condition, but he's, he's going to pull through. Um, but Biden still hasn't invited anyone involved with that mass shooting a few weeks ago with the transgender and the Catholic students and the Catholic teachers at the Catholic church. But he's already called this kid and his family. And granted, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we don't know any of the facts of, of this story. So for the president of the United States to be putting himself out there on one side is a little alarming. But this is a tweet from President Biden. Uh, Last night, I had the chance to call Ralph Yarrow and his family. No parent should have to worry that their kid will be shot after ringing the wrong doorbell. We've got to keep up the fight against gun violence. And Ralph, we'll see you in the Oval once you feel better. So this kid's getting an invite to the Oval. But let's delve a little bit deeper into what happened here first off 
This is from the Kansas City, I think, WDAF TV. And it's got the Kansas City man that's been charged in court. And Mark, I don't know if you could see the video. When I say this man is old, frail, and decrepit, I mean, he honestly does make Joe Biden look vigorous. 84-year-old man. <laughs> and and he can barely, barely walk. Um, so he entered the court with a cane. And this is the man who shot Ralph Yarl. Yes, he pleaded not guilty after entering the court with a cane. Um, and his next next court appearance is set for June 1st. Um, again, this is a narrative war. So I have to ask, did this kid ring the wrong doorbell or did he go to the wrong porch or both? Because I've heard, I've heard both. This, this porch that he went on that was supposed to be his friend's porch or someone that he knew. What? I, I, I don't understand. Like, was it, does, does it look different? Does it look similar? Because that's another red flag here that we don't know anything about. It, this is just being used to push a narrative on gun violence and bonus, bonus, bonus narrative, bonus issue, race. Whatever happened with the police beating from last fall? Remember that one, Mark? That involved that Scorpion unit or whatever. We never get to the bottom of that, just like we never get to the bottom of any of these stories. And we'll probably never really get to the bottom of this one. And obviously there's a court case already, but it'll just disappear after it's used by our media as a distraction to push a narrative on race relations or gun violence. And we don't know anything about it. We don't know anything about what what this kid did. Yeah, I mean... I, I just don't see how – and I'll, I guess I'll take the opposite side of that. I just don't see how shooting a gun at someone that you think that might be on the wrong – showed up at the wrong address is going to solve anything. I mean, you can and just I, I not answer the door. I, I agree mean, with you. And, it, and, it, and this wouldn't have been an issue. So – I mean, this is an older man. I think the one article said 84 years old. He does look like someone who wouldn't be able to defend himself against a 16-year-old teenager, but that doesn't mean really a whole lot here. I just don't understand why you have to shoot somebody who comes to the wrong. You know, you could just probably, he probably could have been like, hey, can I help you, you know, through, through the door. Um, I, I just don't see, maybe we aren't getting the full story here, but I don't know about this one. This seems like, you know, this was a, a major mistake on, on the part of this senior citizen. Maybe, and you could very well be right, but we don't know this yet. And what I'm saying is it's wrong for the president of the United States in the news to reporting things as fact that they don't know. Was he really? Did he really knock on the wrong door? Did he really, did he really ring the wrong doorbell? Was he really on the wrong porch? I've seen a lot of videos, and I'm not accusing this kid of anything. I'm not. I'm just for playing devil's advocate for the sake of argument, saying I've seen a lot of videos on Twitter, Instagram, my wife's TikTok, everything about people running up and on people at the door and it getting caught on a doorbell cam. Yeah. I, I, I've seen lots of videos of that. I, I, all I'm saying is I remember Michael Brown. I remember Trayvon Martin. They try to, the media sinks their teeth and digs their heels into these narratives that end up being wrong. 
And I'm not saying I'm not saying this kid is wrong. I'm not saying he was there committing a crime or trying to. The 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 the, the old man could very well. It's very possible he could be a, a, a grand wizard in the KKK, which is what the news media is going to make him out to be. I'm very yeah. sure. But we don't know any of that yet. What what like you figure after the last three years the media would pause and say, hey, we've we've literally screwed the pooch the last three years. Let's just wait. Yeah. Starting today. In 2023, let's just wait for the facts to roll out and just let's just report the facts. A young kid was shot. We don't know why. Let, let's 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 report on it normally. No, no, it's it's. I mean, Don Lemon had the kid's grandson on, who I think they're estranged, and the grandson was calling his grandfather a racist. I heard about that. Yeah, and then the other, but the other grandson said my grandfather would never do anything like that. So, and they're a divorce. It's all narrative horse. This is the, the the past since we started the show. It's been one big narrative war. It's the, the news media says it's this way. There's the truth, and then there's people trying to get to the truth. Like I, I don't have an agenda. You, you could put it on my tombstone when I die. Like I I I, I had no secret agenda when I was yep. doing the show. Can you say that for the media? Can you say that for anyone else? All right. Um... Let's move on to our next topic here. Was this the toddler, Joe, or? Well, yeah, that's okay. So, yeah, this is a toddler. So, speaking of knocking on the wrong. Why can't I not open this up now? Why can't I not open uh, uh, Speaking of knocking on the wrong door, doorbell, Secret Service immediately responded Tuesday to an intruder at the White House. Guess who it was? A toddler who squeezed through the metal fencing. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, is it you versus him? <laughs> How is this possible? I mean, we were the kids' parents. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. But well, that's just a funny story because I, I guess, I, I, I don't know, just talk about knocking on the wrong, the wrong doorstep. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Did the kid know how much danger he was in? Not from the Secret Service getting shot, but from if he accidentally, in some kind of Home Alone scenario, was able to sneak into the White House and confronted by Joe Biden, who is a serial smeller of hair, children's hair. Or his German Shepherd that may have taken the kid's ear off. Yeah, good point. I think I think that's the one that passed, honestly. The one that was... No. I could be wrong, though. Maybe, actually, I think I actually might be wrong. I think the one... I think the one that passed was the older one. And then this new one that was adopted is the aggressive one that's bit numerous Secret Service agents and who knows who else. Uh, Interesting. All right. Well, you have a tale of two wrong doorbells there. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go. Speaking of, let's stay here in the West Wing, Joe, uh, with, before we get on to John Fetterman, sent you this earlier. If anyone pays attention to, the White House press briefings. I sent you this earlier today. Uh, I just lost the spreadsheet. Uh, that. Oh yeah, this. I, I want to comment. This actually just makes me kind of sad. Man, yeah. I feel bad. If anyone watches the White House um, press briefings with um, Karine Jean Pierre, uh, there is this one reporter, and I believe he is the chief White House correspondent for Today News Africa. Okay. So this man is, is African. 
Um, I forget what country he's from, but he is the chief White House correspondent for Today News Africa. And he is never called upon in White House press briefings. I'm talking never. Now, you would think Karine Jean-Pierre would give this man some respect. She is of a Haitian-American. Uh, this is an, an African um, reporter here. So he tweets out, and this is sad, as I keep pressing for answers, she keeps protecting the president. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre dislikes me 99% of the time and likes me 0.0001% of the time. The worst part is when we meet at the restaurant outside the White House. After a big fight in the briefing room, what do we say to each other? It's always awkward. The next day in the briefing room, she calls on the person on my left, the one on my right, the person in front of me, and the one right behind me, then skips me as, my, as I raise my hand. She makes it clear that she is calling on everyone around me except me. Then other reporters who don't want to face the same consequences begin to tell her, thanks, Kareen, after she answers their questions. They become submissive. Thanks for calling on me. Thanks for answering my questions. Thanks for doing me a favor. In the briefing room, they try to keep their distance from me. Being associated with Simon means maybe not getting called, up, called on. That's what this man's name is. Simon Ateba. One reporter blocked me from taking an empty seat during Biden's speech. I just pressed forward and sat down. The reporter works for a UK publication, The Independent. Another blamed me for not getting called on because I sat next to her. The reporter works for VOA. A few of them attacked me last time and the next day she began to call on them, almost as if the enemy of my enemy is, is my friend. Others think twice before writing a good story about me. They may also be blacklisted. Other friends in the media write bad articles about me. Go to my Wikipedia page and add negative things. Remove my picture. Bravery, boldness, or a quest for truth is a lonely journey. But it's better to die as a free man rather than live as a slave. As I continue to write about my experience, I realize that life, my life is a movie. May God help me. Amen. Joe. Poof. Um, I mean, this is not surprising at all if you've watched press briefings. And I know you've watched a ton of them. But this is what you get when you have, by far, the worst White House press secretary in the history of the job. This is blatant disrespect. I don't care what your views are, what questions you're asking. You have been granted, you have been granted a media credential to be in that room by, a, by an arbitrary third party uh, you know, group that grants these media credentials. It's her job to answer questions. She is the mouthpiece of the administration, yet she refuses to call on this guy, and he is there every single briefing. Joe, what's your take? So I've been noticing this has been going on for a while. I want to say it's he's been like trying to get called on since way back in the Jinsaki era, but it's been. When they had the, the, the cast of Ted Lasso there is when it really started spiraling out of control and other reporters were attacking him. And I feel bad for the guy. And he was on Tucker and he explained all this. It begs the question, is this rooted in racism? That's what the left would say. That's the left's argument. Why can't it be ours? Are these people racist? That's what I'm going to go with. Fuck it. I, honestly, fuck it. Are, are, they, I mean, are they racist? You might as well. You might as well throw it out there. It's worth. It's worth even. It's worth mentioning. 
you know, I'm looking at some of the replies here. The leftist guide to an online debate. Here you go, Joe. State your opinion and insist it's a fact. If someone disagrees, call them racist. If they still disagree, call them a bigot. If they still disagree, classify it as hate speech. And now you've won the debate. That's that's the playbook. So if you want to call this the Korean John Pierre as being a racist, then you can do that because it's worth it's worth mentioning. You know, I don't know if, if they take this guy seriously or what, because he, he's from Africa. So if if that's the case, then, yeah, that would be a form of racism as well. It's crazy. But, yeah, yeah I go, go there every the day. Over- and he, he never gets – I think I've heard him get maybe – I could definitely count on one hand. I can maybe count on two fingers how many questions I've heard him get in the two years I've been watching the press briefing. And he, he, I've heard him ask one. I can remember one. I think I remember another one, too. And, and it was just a bad line of questioning because she could just dance around all these and just skip right over to the next one. Like yeah. the, She's just not going to give him a follow-up. Like, everyone else gets two, three follow-ups. I don't know, man. I feel, feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he look, look at his pinned tweet. Attacked by pirates on the Gulf of Guinea with an AK-47 in my head. Kidnapped in Nigeria. Dumped in the woods and left for dead. Arrested in Cameroon during investigation and kept in dark cell only to be sidelined at the White House. This is how Tucker Carlson introduced me to America. Wow. So it looks like this guy's getting some more appearances on Fox News. So that's good. At least oh, good. Him Hopefully his hard work pays off. A mouthpiece. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our next topic here, Joe. And uh, do you want to go to the, speaking of Tucker, the bio lab clip here? We, or do we have that for later on? Um, we'll do it with Ukraine. Okay. With the, with the new plant? Yeah, we'll do it with the Ukraine new plant. Let's, okay. let's, let's stay in this country. Let's stay in the, let's stay okay, in the government. Yeah, let's go on to John Fetterman then. <laughs> this one is a doozy. Um, this one's a real doozy. So John Fetterman released a video on Twitter and said he thought it was time to address the rumor I do not have a body double. And here is the video. Hey, everybody, it's me, Senator John Fetterman. And I just want you to know that I'm back. And I'm feeling great, 100%. And, you know, during my time during the hospital, the fringy fringes really came up with a conspiracy that I have a, a body double. And I just want you to know that is just crazy. That's not true. And I, hey, you know, dude, John, what event am I supposed to be doing this afternoon? Uh, another person, well, another version of him comes in dressed in different clothes, different different colored hoodie, and is asking that question. It's actually, it's actually really funny, but you could tell that was highly edited because it, the way his voice is all choppy. I don't know if you noticed at all, but it's it's hilarious. Like I I, I applaud the sense of humor, but. He had to do a bunch of editing there, even for that. This man is so cringe. So cringe. Oh, come on. That was a little bit funny. Yeah. Do you want to hear something that's cringe? Do you want to go to the next video? This was... Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope we're playing this for the first time for a lot of our listeners. Uh, if... If if you if you if this is not the first time you're hearing this, this should have raised some eyebrows, uh, because this was utterly painful to watch and to hear. 
What do you got, Joe? Okay, this is John Fetterman, Senator John Fetterman, reading his opening statement in his first subcommittee hearing since being hospitalized. It's two minutes and 15 seconds. Your ears will start bleeding long before that. Here we go. Okay, hold on. I got to pause already because he couldn't even hit the gavel that hard. <laughs> he tapped it. It's his first gavel. <laughs> okay. Two minutes and 16 seconds. Listeners, here we go. I called in this hearing of the U.S. Senate Subcommittee and Food and Nutrition, Specialty Crops, Organics, and Research to order. Chairwoman Stevenow and Ranking Member Guzman, thank you so much for coming. I thank you for your leadership on this committee, and I look forward to working with you to pass a farm bill. A farm bill that works for small far farmers, rural communities, and hungry Americans. I would also like to thank my ranking member, Senator Braun. I look forward to working closely with you. SNAP is one of the most effective programs to fight hunger and poverty in the country. In my time and effort in IFIS, as the mayor of Braddock to lieutenant governor to now, I have heard from Pennsylvanians about their support for a SNAP. Hunger is not a Republican or a Democrat issue. It's all of our issues that we have to take it on. We need to come together and stop playing political games with Americans' access to food. Americans like Cherry, Corey Jork from the North the town of Northeast in Pennsylvania tells me that his victim was skimming, which was somebody stole money and he relied from his SNAP EBT. Mr. George is not the first Pennsylvanian I've heard this from. I fear he won't be the last. And I will work in this farm bill to modernize SNAP to work to recipients in the 21st century. I look forward to hearing from you, your witness on this news, my assistance on the farm bill, and I will now turn it to Senator Braun for any opening comments that he would like to make. <sighs> wow. Wow. I mean, people I'm, should... I'm dying. I'm sorry. It's not funny. I'm laughing at the people that voted for him because it was this was all there for months. This is all there for months, months at the debate. You knew this months ago. We've all said it. He's not, he was never, he was never that short to begin with. And then he got a stroke and hid for six months. And this, this, this shouldn't surprise anyone. It's only surprising that we're seeing this, that they're actually putting this motherfucker on a subcommittee and having him speak and talk. Who was... Who is doing? Who is allowing this to happen? Who put him on the subcommittee? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, that that's all I have on this. That's we have more videos from this, obviously. But that, take it from here. Do you think that they gave him this nice cushiony little 
agriculture subcommittee because they knew they could he could possibly embarrass himself the least on something like this because he has to do something. They had to put him somewhere. And that was my first thought. I'm like, yeah, they're not going to give him anything serious to talk about. They're going to give him some little, you know, nice soft landing here in the Senate where not a lot of people are going to be paying attention to what he's chairing. But this footage comes out. And like you said, that debate happened in when? Mid-October? When we first heard him speak, you know, like, like that. And the people of Pennsylvania said, yeah, we're going to vote for that guy. That's our guy. We're going to vote for him. We want him to represent us in the United States Senate. It's, it's insane. It's, it's actually insane. We talked about this Tuesday with some of the senators and Dianne Feinstein and Mitch McConnell and some of these other older senators, Chuck Grassley. But this, this, Joe. Oh this is idiocracy. This is the movie Idiocracy. And they're, you know why? You, they're all applauding this man and saying, look how brave he is. He got help. He was sick. He was depressed. Maybe he was depressed. Maybe he had another stroke. We don't know. We can't trust these people anymore. But And then he got help. He got help. And now he's back. And look at him just, just grinding away over there. Who cares if he can't speak or no one can understand him? Just look at these He's out there. He's trying. He's giving it the good old college try. That's what they're saying. And if you go against that, you're canceled. We're in, we're in the early minutes of the movie Idiocracy. I, I, I don't, I mean, you, you said it right there. It's actually hard to like even put into words. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, it's like people think that this dude's cool. Yeah, he's cool. He rocks his car heart and his cargo shorts and he's he's one of us he's an everyday guy he's some braddock he likes cannabis okay but this man is com- com- severely incapacitated and shame on the people around him that put him in this position to begin with you know like his wife and his family and and the, the handlers, people in the party in Pennsylvania for just exposing this guy. He's not going to get any better. It's just, oh my gosh, I can't believe we have Stephen Hawking. Years of this. Okay, Stephen Hawking, genius, smart man, needed, needed a chair and a keyboard to talk. Would you have voted for him to be senator, though? Keep in mind, he's a genius, genius, very smart individual. He wasn't mayor of Braddock before this, okay? No, you just you just wouldn't. Uh, the guy had a stroke. It's not like it's not like he has like uh, he broke his arm. It's not like he's 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 paralyzed. Come come on, why can't no one see it? Why can't anyone see it? It's like, you know, going back to what, what we were just saying, Joe, it's like that, you know, um, you know, he's strong, he's courageous, he's fought depression, all this stuff. Yeah, let's vote for him. He's our guy. That's what you get. Now you got, now you got, well, almost six more years of this. Look at the, what, what irks me is clearly someone is making decisions 
and on on how he's going to vote. Who is it? Who's who's the real power behind this empty suit that that is a senator? And and no one cares. No one even asks the questions. The media just ignores it and say, "Look how brave this guy is." Not about like, "Wow, how terrible are these people behind the scene forcing this guy to do this?" Okay, here's 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 the example I want to make, and then we'll move on to the next video. Let's compare George Santos with John Fetterman and the amount of media attention and the questions that each gets. And that that's it. You have it right there. You have yeah. it right there. Imagine if they followed, imagine if they followed Frankenstein frickin' Fetterman down the halls of, of the Senate with with flashing cameras and microphones in his face. I told you he'd eat one of the reporters. He would lash out. At least he wore a suit. I was actually surprised to see him wearing a suit at the hearing. I thought he would have still been in the, the hoodie and shorts. He looks like when, like a monkey, honestly, a monkey in a suit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Do you have the – okay, I thought you had a George Santos uh, clip, but we don't. Um, no, we. I think we have. Well, let me see. I think we have a another clip here from Fetterman questioning a wonderful young lady. Yes. Right? Okay, so here's yes. here's John Fetterman asking a question to the one witness. I guess I don't know, it was more than one witness, but this is this is him asking a question. Uh, it's been playing. Just so you guys know, it's been playing for a good five seconds. He just doesn't know that it's his turn to speak. He's still shuffling through papers. They're not. (laughs) Food banks are really critical for the support of the foundation of SNAP. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Emergency Food Assistance Program, or TFAP, was established to provide emergency food assistance to low income individuals. And these individuals may not qualify for SNAP, but they might need additional support. Food banks like Philippines and knowing personally the kind of quality of the work that you do in my own state, they distribute 85% of TFAP foods nationwide. As Americans struggle with high food costs, how have you been able to allow you to continue to provide food support? Um, thank you for the question. Um, and the reality is that food banks like Phil Abundance are partners across the Okay, now this young lady, Mrs. Uh, whatever it is, she's in a very precarious situation because she's under oath. So she either has to say, excuse me, sir, I did not understand one fucking word you just said, or she has to possibly lie under it. <laughs> she could possibly lie under it. There's, there's no. I mean, you either look like an asshole and say, "I can you." How many times you ever been in that situation where someone keeps on telling you something and you just can't understand them, and finally you just nod your head and go, "Yeah, yeah, I get, I get it now." And you're lying. You don't get it at all. They're still, ah, it's still making no sense. That's what this is like. To our listeners, to our listeners, what was he talking about? I mean, you just, you just zone out. You just zone out. 
It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that the people of Pennsylvania voted this guy in office. Oh, man. It is a I good can't show. believe we got six more years of this. Man, oh, no. He, he, he'll, he'll never last. Don't Come say on. that. Don't say he that. Hasn't, he hasn't. Listen, he, has he spent more time in the Senate chamber or in a padded room? He ain't going to last. That, that I couldn't tell you. It's, it's a padded room. Yeah. Look, the fact that he actually released a video about having a body double shows that they're trying to make light of the situation, and they are they are fully aware that people are are like, what what is going on here? So they're trying to make light of the situation. It's not going to work. It might work today. It might work tomorrow. It's not going to work, and it certainly isn't going to work for six years unless we continue to get dumber at an astronomical rate, which is po- very possible. I guess I don't know. Oh, I mean, I, I, at what point? I, I keep thinking to myself, when are we going to bottom out here? You know, but I guess we're not there yet. So, all right, uh, I'm sure we'll have more on John Fetterman as we uh, go forward here. All right, we have. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Biden crime family. And uh, first, you have something on. President Biden, he must have forgot where he's going or something like that. What do you have? Oh, yeah. He made a speech. This was yesterday at the White House um, and then immediately forgot where he was going. Let's play yeah. the video. <laughs> For those of you listening, he is just literally walked away from the podium Took about 20 steps to the left and is just standing there looking out into space. Hey, well, he said, I'm going to go sign that executive order. So cocky. So cocky about it, too. And then I just forgot, forgot where the hell, forgot where the hell he was. Yeah. So apparently, Joe, there are, um, there are reports that he's going to announce his presidential run here in 2024 at some point. In the next week, two weeks, two months, something like that. We've been come. hearing we've been hearing that forever, but go on. What does that tell you that he's the, the fact that he's gonna run? The dude can't even walk, yet he's gonna run for president. <laughs> he would be eighty six years old at the end of his second term. That tells me that they must know that he's gonna win again. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're gonna cheat. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they don't know anything for sure. But if he's their best chance, then even if he does win, I mean, I, eventually people are gonna the, the sheeple people will eventually wake up to this. I think you 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 can't have you can't have people like Federer making speeches like that all the time. You can't have you can't have people like Joe Biden. All it's gonna take is for things to get a little bit worse in this country. But they might get a lot worse first. So. I'm still going with they're going to get a lot worse. That's still my that's still my take on on this. Um, but we have seen a couple of reports come out in the New York Post because of some of the hearings that have taken place uh, on Capitol Hill with the Republican Congress. Republican House of Representatives are now holding hearings 
and are out doing some digging into the Biden crime family. Okay, so let's take a look at uh, a couple of these articles from the New York Post. Uh, first, let's talk about um, the Hunter laptop from hell letter that was written by um, the 51, 50 Intel um, experts. All right, you, you remember this was in October 2020. They, these 50 Intel experts released this letter saying, yeah, this, this Hunter Biden laptop is just Russian disinformation. It's a plant. You know, this led to Facebook censoring this, this uh, topic because the FBI told them, hey, you know, be on the lookout for some Russian disinformation, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know how that came to be? Joe. Joe Biden's presidential campaign prompted former acting CIA director Mike Morrell to, quote unquote, help Biden by organizing 50 colleagues to sign a letter in October 2020. So it was the former acting director of the CIA in a sworn testimony, private sworn testimony, Morrell told the House Judiciary Committee that Anthony Blinken, now Secretary of State, was the senior campaign official who reached out to him on or before October 17th, 2020, three days after the Post published an email from the laptop suggesting Hunter had introduced his Ukrainian business partner to his father, then Vice President Biden. Morrell, identified as the potential CIA director under Biden, said he organized the letter to help Vice President Biden, quote, because I wanted to help him win the election, because I wanted him to win the election. Unbelievable. Believable. Very believable. Very believable. Uh, This article goes on, and, you know, there's more detail here. Um, But this is how things work, right? This is the power that the Biden crime family has over the Washington swamp. That you had the acting or ex- interim CIA director was able to get 50 respectable intelligence officers in the intelligence community to just lie and sign this letter and run cover for Hunter Biden so that they could help Joe win the election. Amazing. For those of you listening, let's not forget that a lot of these problems that our country faces today and is going to face in the next 12 to 18 months stem from everything that happened in this 2020 election. Yes. That, that's why it's important. So let's remind everyone what Joe Biden, I believe, said on the date. It was true about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq. If this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. I, so don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody. President Trump, I want to stay on the issue of race. We're talking about the issue of race. Now, look, she wants to stay on the issue of race. I just want to reinforce that. We'll continue on. President Trump, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. President Trump, I have to respond to that. Because, look, there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. 
They have said that this is has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? Hey, that's exactly what, is this that's where exactly you're what this is going. where he's going. The laptop I, is Russia, yeah, Russia, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President? again with Silly always going to race. I just want to reinforce that. But there it is right there. He used it in the debate. That is collusion. Is it not? That is, that is a, that, that has got to be a crime. What's, that, that's the evidence right there. The, the, how crazy is the, the evidence is actually the freaking presidential debate. Is yeah. Subpoena, subpoena the video from the presidential debate. We could only sit here and wonder, Joe, if that would have swayed the election had that not come out, had that actually been reported on by mainstream media, you know, would that have turned the election? Might have. We don't know, though. We could sit here and say, oh, yeah, it would have. But we honestly don't know. So that came out this week. The Lion also, King. The Lion The Lion King. King. And you know what? You know what cracks me up about these Democrats? That they just blow it off. Like, that's ah, not a big deal. We don't care about that. We got to get Trump. Trump uh, Trump lied about an affair while his wife had a baby. Trump derangement syndrome. We got to put him in jail for a check. If that was Don Jr., dear Lord, dear Lord, would they have just been, they would have nailed him to the cross upside down like St. Peter. Um, also out this week, the walls are closing in on Biden. Now we finally get to say that about Joe Biden because the mainstream media likes saying that line when it comes to Donald Trump. That's all you hear. The walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. The walls are closing in on Donald Trump. Well, they're actually are closing in. Bombshell testimony as the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. On Monday uh, of this week, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer of Kentucky revealed we've identified six additional members of Joe Biden's family who may have benefited from the Biden family's businesses that we are investigating, bringing the total number of those involved or benefiting to nine. So they subpoenaed bank records. That's how they're getting to the bottom of all this information uh, of the Biden crime family. And they're trying to connect the dots to see where all this money Number one, came from, and number two, went, right? Um, The Biden Treasury Department refused cooperation for weeks. The committee is only now starting to examine suspicious activity reports, which banks must file when they spot signs of money laundering, tax evasion, or the potential criminal activity involving first son Hunter, Joe's brother Jim, and other relations. Uh, So this is also from the New York Post. And, I mean, this is, you know, we could go into... Damning. Yeah. I mean, we could go into into this, some of the nuts and bolts of this article. But James Comer says the Biden family enterprise is centered on Joe Biden's political career and connections, and it has generated an exorbitant amount of money for the Biden family. And a lot of the money came from, you guessed it, China. Um, so 
they are going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, we'll report on it. Independent media will probably report on it. But when it comes to the mainstream media, uh, don't look for any uh, information to come out there. So uh, we'll see how much they could expose there from the Biden family. Um, also, this is, and this is probably the best one out of all these New York Post articles that just came out within the last like day or two. Um, <laughs> so there, there, have not, there has not been a prosecution of Hunter Biden, right? Um, but Joe, we saw this week, right? This IRS agent comes out. He says he's ready to spill the beans here with Hunter's uh, IRS activity, the investigation in him, and how, why aren't they prosecuting him, all right? So he wants whistleblower protection. Uh, and this is, I, I'd be scared I would end up at the bottom of a river with cement blocks on my feet because of how the Biden family operates. So I give this guy credit. So uh, the headline says, FBI reportedly sees growing frustration that Hunter Biden still uncharged. All right. You know, it's taken them five, six years to even look into this, you know. So there's growing frustration within the FBI about the amount of time prosecutors are spending weighing possible criminal charges against first son Hunter Biden for alleged tax evasion and lying about his drug use on a gun purchase form, according to a new report. NBC News reported on investigators mounting exasperation days after an IRS whistleblower who had supervised the tax probe since early 2020 contacted Congress through an attorney alleging a cover-up in the case. So um, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware reportedly has been reviewing four possible charges, two misdemeanor counts of failing to file taxes, felony count of evading taxes relating to a business expense, and the gun form uh, change, charge. Uh, what else does this article go on to say? He, this IRS whistleblower wants to come forward to expose preferential treatment in the case after already filing complaints with the Treasury and Justice Department's watchdogs. So, uh, and the point I'm trying to get to here with this, with this, Joe, is that Merrick Garland, the current attorney general, his name was brought up in this article. And Basically, Mayor Garland said, oh, you know, if the if the if the district, if the attorney, uh, U.S. attorney Delaware wants to file charges, he can file charges. We're staying out of it. But this IRS agent is basically claiming, no, that's not true. You know, the DOJ is thwarting any attempts into uh, this investigation that they're trying to make. So, well, props for uh, props to that young man. And they're coming forward. Yeah. Uh, for example. Just putting the shoe in the other foot here. Former Trump campaign Paul Manafort was sentenced in 2018 to 60 months in prison specifically for these, uh, it's called Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA violations related to his work in Ukraine, plus another 30 months for other charges, including tax and bank fraud and witness tampering. So they're basically looking at Hunter Biden for the same thing. But Hunter Biden wasn't the chairperson of the Trump campaign Paul Manafort was. But, hey, let's take Hunter Biden to Ireland with us on, a, on an official state visit. Why not? Do you think that's trying to, like, send the uh, DOJ message, Joe? Like, hey, don't mess with him. You know, you see where he's at here. 
It could be. You take him down. Could be. Hip down. It could be. Yeah. All right. So that's it with the Biden crime family. Um, Kudos to these Republican uh, representatives in the House that are actually uh, doing what they said they're going to do and investigate this stuff and look into it. All right. Because it needs investigated. Joe, next topic. All right, let's stay on. I really want to stay on race and um and, and gender, Mark. I really want to stick with race and gender. The topic here. So we are going to play um, Representative Rosa Del Loro. She highlights the vital work that Transportary Secretary Pete Buttigieg is doing. Um, and for those of, you, those of you that don't know who Rose Del Loro is, just look her up. She looks like a, a Batman villain. Honestly, I'm not not joking. But here she is talking about. Female crash test dummies. Also plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis, including the critical funding that would accelerate the development. And this is an area I've, I've written to you about of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. Uh, uh, okay, we could just move on after that because I think our audience knows how how dumb. That sounds female crash test dummies. What what have to be female? Why can't you just make them lighter? Or I, I, I don't know. I, Gender I don't know. inequity with female with crash victims. I don't know. Just, Let's just move on. Um, speaking of gender equality, gender equity, there was a. Uh, Protesting of Michael, uh, what's his name, Mark? Michael Knowles, Michael Knowles, um, and this is at Pitt. And apparently, the debate, someone set off a street fire at this debate. And I don't know if you, you, our listeners can't, but I don't know if you could see the video from the Daily Wire. Smoke everywhere. Is this really the best look from from these people to be starting fires for people that are just trying to speak? open dialogue. That's all they want. That's all we want. Uh, I got my hands full real quick here, but I need to pull up this. Um, this was from um, the Pittsburgh City Paper, I believe. I'm going to pull up. There were some pictures and people had some signs I want to read to you. These are from protesters in the crowd. Capitalism will kill us all with a burning effigy of Michael Knowles. All right, that's one. Another one here is a uh, a man wearing a mask. No, I'm sorry, it's a looks like a female wearing a mask with a with a pride bracelet on, standing in front of cops who are behind a barrier, and she is literally three feet in their face, and she's giving them the middle finger. Okay, so that's another. Another one. Why do you want me dead? I'm a protester. Standing with our trans community puts you on the right side of history. Trans is holy. This is on Forbes Avenue in Oakland. Joe. My. Thoughts? 
I mean, it's 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 coming closer and closer to home. So, this is. Whew. It's no surprise. People forget that Pittsburgh is kind of a liberal city. <laughs> kind of. I mean, kind it, of. They have they. I mean, you could pro- probably find four to five drag brunches every weekend in the city somewhere. Amazing. People Amazing. still wearing masks. It you know, these liberal coffee shops. A lot of the breweries now in Pittsburgh are, are super liberal. Um, man, hush. I don't know. Oh, man, you just go outside the city though, and it's complete opposite. Makes you miss the days of Luke Ravenstall or Steelerstall, <laughs> whatever his name was. But who, who would have thought Luke Ravenstall? We'd be we'd be clamoring for Luke Ravenstall to be the mayor again. Uh, hey, like Dan Bongino says, Joe, get out of cities. You get out of cities. Move out into the suburbs. You don't want to be in cities. Uh, all, all right. right. Let's move on to uh, these the this Ukraine and, and new plants oh and oh boy and all this all this fun here. So, the U.S. warns Russia not to touch American nuclear technology at Ukrainian power plants. So, this got me scratching my head and said, "Wait a minute, what kind of technology do we have at a Ukrainian nuclear power plant? Why is it there? Not that it should be there. Just just ask the question why. And does this have anything to do with the fact that?" Missiles were being shot at this same nuclear power plant, which we covered like a couple dozen episodes ago. So is that the United States firing the, the missiles at the nuclear power plant, trying to cause a Chernobyl-style event, Mark? Maybe. But regardless, you could have had 100 million refugees from Europe. Uh, I mean, after Nord Stream, anything's on the freaking table. And I, I think this is a, a smoking gun that that attack on the nuclear power plant could have been with the United States weapons, like we said months ago. Mark? We talked about this. I mean, we covered this. You know, I don't know when it was. It was, it was definitely a couple months ago. Uh, you have a video from Tucker Carlson that I want you to play for our listeners out there, but what in the hell does the United States have in this nuclear power plant? Nuclear Secrets? Is Tucker Carlson's gonna gonna pose? Do they actually have nuclear weapons at this plant? What could be a nuclear secret? Why would the United States have it there? Why did Germany just shut down three nuke plants? Probably has nothing to do with this, but still. I mean, what is going on? Like like Bobby Kennedy Jr. said, we need to have a national conversation about Ukraine. Joe, play the video. Considering what's happening in Ukraine, topic most of us don't know much about because the details are not reported. It was a year ago that every media outlet in the United States, from USA Today to the New York Times, told you it was a dangerous conspiracy theory to believe the U.S. government had ever funded secret biolabs in Ukraine. The idea was ridiculous. In fact, it was Russian disinformation. And then one day, in sworn testimony, Toria Newland of the State Department accidentally admitted that it was true. Yes, she said, there are many secret biolabs in Ukraine. And, quote, we are now, in fact, quite concerned that Russian troops, Russian forces, may be seeking to gain control of them. Wait a second, you may be wondering, why does the U.S. government maintain secret biolabs in a primitive country like Ukraine? Why not Austria? Why Ukraine? And why didn't we dismantle and remove these secret 
biolabs when the war with Russia started. Nobody ever explained that. This show was attacked for asking the question. Now we have learned that actually it is far worse than just biolabs. Not only has the Biden administration been maintaining these labs in Ukraine in the middle of a war, it also has, quote, sensitive nuclear technology in Ukraine as well. And no, we're not making that up. They admitted it today. Watch. While Ukrainian staff are still operating the Zaporizhia and nuclear power plant, it does fall under the control of Russian armed forces and is currently being managed by Russia's state-owned uh, uh, nuclear energy firm, Rosatom. So this is a significant concern. And essentially, in this letter that has been reviewed by CNN, sent by the U.S. Department of Energy to Rosatom, the U.S. government has essentially warned Moscow not to touch the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant because of the sensitive American nuclear technology at the plant. So many questions here, but we'll begin with the biggest one. What exactly is, quote, sensitive American nuclear technology? Sensitive American nuclear technology? Probably not to produce energy. No one in the media is going to ask that question. But if it's in the middle of Ukraine, in the middle of a war, it stands to reason that sensitive American nuclear technology has military applications. In other words, these are nuclear weapons. What else could they be? We'll stop speculating there. But take three steps back. This is all so crazy and so reckless, it is hard to believe it's happening. Here you have a Democratic president gone completely off the rails, completely, with existentially dangerous consequences, prosecuting a war that can only hurt the United States, a war with no upside. It is awful to watch. But it is not without precedent. Something similar happened 55 years ago in 1968. All right. Scary time. So, <laughs> just to connect this all for our listeners, just to connect this, Joan, I think me and you are on the same page and we've talked about this. When you are dumping the amount of money, the amount of weapons in the Ukraine like the United States is, and really no one else isn't, there has to be a motive and a reason for it. Whether that's what's that, the nuclear power plant, Zapotazizia, or however you say it, or the biolabs in Ukraine that Victoria Newland admitted that are there makes you think. But we're just asking questions. We're just two dads with two small babies at home just asking questions. That's all. All right. Um, we need to move on here, and uh, we're going to be wrapping up shortly. Before we get into our disclose segment, uh, I saw this today, Joe. Finally, we're going to port some good news. Mask mandate ends at Allegheny Health Network, while Accela, UPMC, hold to CDC guidelines. So Allegheny Health Network here in western Pennsylvania, they have lifted the mask mandate in place at hospitals, outpatient clinics, and other patient-facing facilities as of Thursday, officials announced. So that's great. That's great. But the giant, the other giant here in, in, in the region, UPMC, still holding strong to the mask mandate. Have there been so, any, new, any new variants in a while? No. Huh. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Uh, so let's get into our uh, Disclosed segment brought to you by – well, before we do that, I'm sorry again. I have another uh, quick headline here from New York Post. Trump up 13 points in head-to-head primary matchup with Ron DeSantis. 
Uh, he is up right now. Uh, 51% of GOP primary voters are backing Donald Trump, while 38% are backing Ron DeSantis. 11% are undecided. So, interesting. Uh, Vivek, one I've talked about, Ramaswamy, uh, he's at pulling at 2%. So, that's, uh, that's lower than Connor Roy. On the, uh, on the show Succession. Uh, all right, let's wait. Wait a second, Joe. I got. I do have to say, texted you this the other night. Saw it on War Clandestines on Twitter feed. We're going to talk about him uh, at our next episode. But he posed the idea. Do we have? Are we? Are we in store? He really never said if he thought this was going to happen or not. Are we in store for a Trump, Bobby Kennedy Jr. ticket? Bobby Kennedy Jr. being a Democrat. What do you think, Joe? Can it happen? It's very possible. I would put it in the in the in the one third area, thirty three percent chance that that it's possible to see a ticket, that ticket or a ticket like that. Um, because I, I've I've told you guys privately, uh, I've messaged you privately, and I said I think there's a chance that Trump runs third party. It's very possible that the Republican or Democrat party can fall apart in the next year or two. That's very possible. And him running as a third party can bring people from, from both sides. It's something that's never, never been done in our lifetimes or even in our grandfather's lifetimes, I don't think. But that's more along the lines of like Jeffersonian democracy, I believe is, is the term. And we, I've used that in, in previous episodes dating back to like December. So well, I saw something that Bobby Kennedy Jr. is polling at like 14%. And you know, the mainstream media is already out there attacking him. They're not going to let him get anywhere close to Biden. I mean, I'd be shocked if they even let him in a debate, uh, the primary debate. He would undress so, Biden. Why? What's that? He would undress Biden. That's, that's why Biden's not going to be able to debate. He's not going to be able to debate. Right. But will they air the primary debates? You know? Bobby Kennedy Jr., if enough Democrats support him, can you imagine, though, Joe, if Trump takes him along with him? And now you're pulling Democrats who were supporting Bobby Kennedy. can't believe I'm even saying that. Um, and the Trump's populism, you know, getting the, they're getting the Republican Party, it would be an absolute force we reckon with, if you ask me. I hope it happens. I read something that he's going to be picking a female not named Carrie Lake but I want to see Bobby Kennedy the only thing that throws a wrench in it is I mean Trump we said this in numerous episodes he's not responsible for the vaccine but he did authorize warp speed and he takes he, he, he him and I, I think Robert Kennedy RFK Jr. I don't think they would be 100% on the same page as vaccines I understand RFK Jr. does not like shots his dad didn't like shots either. <laughs> wow, too soon. Um, but but they did. They are united on an anti-Ukrainian aid uh, stance. Yeah, I guess you can't you so. can't agree on everything. I guess, but that's, yeah. it, it'd be interesting to see. Put it that way. Yeah. All right. I know you need to. We need. We both need to wrap up here. So this we're going to give a quick couple headlines from across the world here. Uh, Joe, Nashville trans shooter Audrey Hale's manifesto is described as a blueprint on total destruction and astronomically dangerous. The FBI is stalling to release it. Of course they are. Of course. Of course they are. 
Uh, illegal aliens. This is a good one. I want every. I hope everyone's still listening because this is an unbelievable. Illegal aliens who are LGBTQ may not be detained anymore under Democrats' new bill as they qualify as "quote unquote" vulnerable persons. Everyone's going to be gay coming over. Everyone coming over now. I hope you understand this. Will be gay. I'm gay. Whether you are or not. So. This is going to be season, uh, episode one of next next season of South Park. Uh, all NATO allies agree Ukraine will become a member. Why? NATO's going to fall apart. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about the the previous two here. Um, what else we got? Charges dropped against Hollywood actor Alec Baldwin in fatal onset. Rust shooting. Joe. Looks like someone could literally shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and get. Yep. It's amazing. It's amazing. It just goes to show you that if Alec Baldwin was a staunch conservative Republican, his ass would be in jail. But he's where is this? Where is this with the gun violence debate? Where is this story? Why why is this not brought up in the gun violence debate? That means talking about Alec Baldwin. You can't talk about Alec Baldwin in the news. Right? He's part of the team. He's part of the team. BuzzFeed News is shutting down. Oh, you mean the same news uh, organization that ran the PP tape hoax? Protesters storm Euronext stock market offices in Paris and call on Macron to resign over reforms. Uh, spaceship, SpaceX Starship launches, explodes minutes after takeoff. Joe Biden, anybody who doesn't think we have global warming, hang out with me, man. Major fire I've been to. What does that mean? <laughs> Elon Musk warns left-wing experts are training the AI to lie about history and politics. That is actually terrifying. I mean, we are going to have our history completely rewritten and whitewashed by AI. Yes, we are. India has ever taken... Better AI does than Trump. Yeah. Uh, India has overtaken China as the world's most populous nation, according to UN data. Okay. All right. uh, That's all I got, Joe. Uh, Take us home here with the uh, predictions. Okay, so this is episode fifty. So we've we've had some killer things that we said that, that actually panned out. Whether it was Biden getting reinfected with COVID, I mean, we can say their name and name. But we, here are some predictions that at least I'm going to make for what we will see happen over our next fifty episodes. Prediction one: President Joe Biden will be eliminated, um, removed from office, is what I mean. So most likely. I'm going to say by the 25th Amendment, I cannot see Congress dealing through the, the, the impeachment trials and stuff like that. I think they'd rather just get them out via the 25th Amendment. Um, another one, another prediction, number two, China is going to make a move on Taiwan. Now, whether they're going to invade, I don't think so. I think it'll be a slow strangle type of event. But also at the same time, you could go to sleep one night and wake up the next morning and Taiwan is in Chinese hands. Uh, prediction three. The war in Ukraine will end. It could be in the total Russian in a total Russian victory, but most likely it will be in a peace deal. Um, countries could leave NATO as a result of this. It's possible, actually, if you think about it, that trade agreements are being or are already drawn up 
between countries like Russia and Germany after what went on with Nord Stream 2. Um, prediction four, and I do not take joy in, in saying these, but the dollar will lose value and crypto and precious metals will rise. Once countries stop trading oil in our dollar, guys, listening, listeners, it's over. So the ball right now is in Saudi Arabia's court and, and Russia because they have oil, they're producing oil, and they're controlling the price of oil. So you're going to see oil go possibly to over $100 a barrel again soon because they know we're devaluing our currency. Um, next prediction, you're going to see senators and congressmen, and congresswomen, I should say, step down, die. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, it's happening. Whether it be fines, they're, they're hiding these people for a reason. We're not being conspiracy theorists. I'm just telling you how it is. Um, and the last one, the big one. I think we're going to have a nuke scare, guys. I think we're going to have a nuke scare sometime, for sure, before the 2024 election. But it's possible sometime in 2023. Um, I just don't like the the way things are are lining up. And no one's talking about North Korea. So, I don't know, Mark. That's it. That's that's all I got. Do you have anything at all you would like to add? You have a knack for, for predictions coming true. We will revisit these. This is episode 50. We're going to look back on some of these uh, when we get to episode 100 or maybe even before then if, if these things happen. So um, thank you all for listening. Please share this out. Thank you for everyone listening across the world in the United States. Have a safe and healthy weekend. Find a traditional Latin mass out there, guys. Be a force multiplier. Joe, take us out. <laughs>